This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Uh, uh, my intro notes, like... Oh, uh, I was going to say, yeah. you usually have your little script up. I do, know. but eh. Welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and you can also subscribe to the subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer. And if you want to help support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer, or you can simply leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us out a ton and gets us... Higher in the search results for the highly competitive movie and TV genre of podcasts. And before we get started, I'm just a brief um, announcement that next week I will be a guest on Submitted for Your Approval, um, a podcast about the Twilight Zone, hosted by Brandon Cruz of Apathetic Enthusiasm. So yeah, check that out on uh, anywhere podcasts are found, really. And so... This week on the podcast, though, we are discussing Independence Day Resurgence. And unfortunately, Tiny couldn't make it this week because he had some work things to go over. But for- fortunately, uh, I'm here with a guest, Robert Feckus. Hello. Hi. Glad yeah. to be back. I'm glad you're back, too, because otherwise it would have just been me. That would be, that'd be fine. You got pizza, too. Yeah, yeah, pizza, pizza. R.I.P. Tiny. He's not dead. Just, he's know. not. He's just dead to us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, he'll he'll be back next week ish. But anyway, so yeah, so this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about Independence Day Resurgence and then go into some potpourri as usual. Um, I do want to mention that I apologize for the lateness of the podcasts or the irregular schedules. I've been a little swamped with work and popcorn and. All that stuff. So I have one PopCon episode that's supposed to be released that should be released before this episode. And then hopefully that means I will also have my anthology uh, podcast back up and running on a normal schedule after this weekend. So, Fekus, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be back. It's always fun. Nice. Yes. And uh, glad to have you back. I We saw you at PopCon. Which yep. You, that was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. How was your PopCon adventure? <laughs> I, I uh, It was free, right? <laughs> it turns out. Um for those of you who don't know, I m- mistakenly snuck into the venue. I did not mistakenly. know. Mistakenly. Well, it was. Just, well, I'm just saying mistakenly. It's like, oh, I just walked into this building. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's, it's on them. Basically, mm-hmm. what happened was I was looking for where you paid to get the tickets. There was a line of people going into an area I thought was the payment. The <laughs> security guard gave me the head nod. I gave them the head nod back, and I walked in, and I was in PopCon. <laughs> so, I no, it's it's on him. I'm I'm not going to go back out there and rectify his mistake. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, Popcorn had un um had one un uh let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? Um un you weren't allowed it. You oh my god, I'm uh, all over the place. Unallowed guest. Unallowed guest. Sure. Trespasser sure. had one trespasser. Right, had one trespasser. I did um, purchase some items there, so it wasn't like, that's good. for loss. What'd yes. you buy? I bought some Lego minifigs. I got Wolverine, Magneto, nice. And oh, I got a third one. Who who did I get? It was no, it was another X Man. I can't hmm. I can't remember. Oh okay. I slept since then and drank. So <laughs> right, sure, nice, nice. Uh, oh Daredevil. Oh Daredevil. Daredevil. It was a custom. Nice. It was a custom Daredevil because apparently Daredevil is too violent for uh, kids to play with. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got a custom dare- made Daredevil uh, figure. 
Nice. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Good time. Good haul. Good haul. And you recently, you're very much into the uh, Legos. I I am. I I, I say love with no Legos. judgment. <laughs> you can judge all you want. I'm a 32 year old man with thousands of dollars worth of Legos in this house. So. Holy God! I, okay, yeah, you admitted that. So anyway, <laughs> no, that's awesome. And your Lego area I have is a, actually very impressive. Yeah, that's right. It's a village. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a whole village mix and matches. What was the one you recently finished? I just finished the Ghostbusters Firehouse. Gotcha. Nice. 19 hours, seven sessions. Holy crap. That's right. That is that is impressive. We'll it's post my, pictures on the Facebook page. It's my longest to date. Uh, the really? Death Star. The Death Star was bigger and more expensive, but the... Mm-hmm. Firehouse had a lot more small pieces. Really? So yeah. Oh, okay. Um, do they? They only have the completed Death Star. They don't have like uh, one that's. No, that's incorrect. They have a uh, completed Death Star and the original Death really? Star. Uh, got discontinued, and you can buy it for like twelve hundred dollars now. Holy! But crap. yeah, there are, there are two uh, Death Stars, and I believe the Death Star I have is going to be discontinued this year. Wow! Nice. Um, yeah, so it's funny. I got the I have Arkham Asylum as well, mm-hmm. and that's a hundred fifty dollars set you can't find anymore. And on eBay, you can get it for like four hundred dollars. So <laughs> nice, it's better than the stock market. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's uh, yeah, that is very impressive. That's that's very expensive. It's it, such an expensive hobby. It is an expensive hobby. Yeah. It is less expensive than like heroin, though. So no, oh, yeah, that's true. Podcasting is relatively cheap, though, so <laughs> I count myself uh, pretty happy with that. Um, so anyway, so normally on the podcast or recently we've, we've been doing news, but I haven't had time to really look up news. Although there was, it was announced today that, uh, uh, George Romero is going to finally get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Is he? Yep. That's, so, that's guy pretty awesome. a whole genre and it <laughs> right. takes him 50 years to get a star on the Walk of Fame. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh, good so, for him. Yeah. So that's exciting. That's that awesome. exciting. Yeah. Um, okay. So Independence Day Resurgence, um, we're going to start by not talking about the movie and by talking about the original. Good um, yeah, so Independence Day, it came out in 96. Uh, where were you? What What was your history with Independence Day? I saw Independence Day two times in the theater, and the first time I saw it in the theater, it was packed. Mm-hmm. And I was 12 years old when okay. I saw it. And it was one of the most memorable movie theater experiences as a child growing up. Nice. Uh, besides Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved every second of it when I was a kid. And, like, scenes where, like, Stephen Hillard is dragging the uh, alien through uh, the flats. <laughs> I had this, like, nervous energy about me the entire time during that scene. Like, oh, my God, what if, what if it wakes up and he has to fist fight this thing in the middle of the desert? So, and it, to me, it was just... It, it was exhilarating for me as a kid. I, I loved every second of it. And it's funny, it, I you know, I, I was a kid, so I wasn't a big movie, you know, watcher then. You know, I was a kid. I just watched, sure. what you know, whatever I wanted. But, you know, as I grew up, I, I became more of a film fan and more mm-hmm. critical of it. And I guess I had a time, like, probably around college times where I got a little too... Uh, l- I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, too judgmental yeah. about movies. And I probably went through a period and I was like, oh, Independence Day is just Snobbish. Yeah, it's very, yeah, snobbish. Yeah. And I've since grown out of that phase and I just, going back to it, I, I, I still love it. 
And mm-hmm. I, I want to go back and slap my, you know, snob <laughs> self and it was like, hey, lighten up. Nice. But yeah, it was such a huge movie in my childhood. Mm-hmm. I will echo a lot of those sentiments. I was 10 when it came out and that was one of the, that and Jurassic Park were like the two big movies of my childhood that I remember it being like a big spectacle of, of an event to go see it. Sure. So like Jurassic Park, like, oh my God, there's like the special effects look incredible. Same thing with Independence Day. It's like... I'm going to see the White House be exploded. <laughs> and um, even and even a few years later when uh, Titanic came out, that was another big tentpole movie that was uh, big, like, at the forefront of, like, the cultural consciousness that um, permeated to my, you know, young self. Um, so with Independence Day, I've said this before on the podcast, so I won't go into much detail about it, but it was one of the first movies that I saw, like a HBO first look special feature thing. I saw that too. Yeah. yeah I, re- I remember that. I, oh, yeah. Because I remember them doing the interviews with Whitmore's wife. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they showed like the behind the scenes of like the making of it, and they showed like the models that they used to blow everything up. How they were set vertical. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I and I was like, that. that is amazing. And it was it was really exciting to go see it. And I, I absolutely loved the original. Like that was such an awesome experience for me. Um, I think I enjoyed Jurassic Park more, but um, even like revisiting it, like I revisited it uh, a couple nights ago or a few nights before I saw um, Resurgence, and or no, it was the day I saw Resurgence actually, and it's like it holds up pretty well. Like yeah, it the, holds up incredibly oh, yeah. well. Oh yeah, like the special effects, like they're they're a little dated, but that's to be expected. But twenty years ago, I st- <laughs> I still think they hold up. I mean, yeah? you can you can. There's a couple scenes that are like mm, green screen, right? But the dog, <laughs> the dog, the dog kills me every time. Oh yeah. yeah, but even now, like that's something that's not like you'll you'll check uh put a check uh or cross off cross it off the movie or anything or dinging the movie for it. That's more of a oh look at look at technology. Right, back then. exactly. It was it was hilarious. Um, and seeing like what, when I rewatched it, what I kind of came back with was that the reason why this movie worked so well and still holds up is that it takes, it, it has so many different elements to it. It has, um, like it's one part complete alien, alien invasion disaster movie. It's, it's got, um, the kind of creature feature monster sequence when the, when they're uh, not dissect well I guess dissecting, yeah, dissecting dissecting the alien or at least getting it, it out of the biometric suit thing um, it's very like the the fog in that and and the kind of horror elements of that like it works really like well the, the slow moving of the hand oh yeah. yeah oh yeah it's very terrifying and then they have like they have dog fighting with with fighter pilots and they have uh, like combat scenes like that and they have so many so many elements of the movie work so well because they're so not disconnected but they're so varied in in everything and also i i was floored when they showed area 51 in the movie when i was a kid i was like that is incredible like it's confirmed exactly and how amazing was brent spiner oh my god he's he's fantastic oh he's incredible um, so yeah, so everything about, or a lot of things about the original Independence Day really worked for me. Will Smith was amazing. Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman. Really, you know, rocketed Will Smith into kind of his career. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, he had a career before then, but this really pushed him into superstardom. Right. 
You might say he was. Nah, I Stop can't it. make a joke. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't do that. I was gonna try to do something like something like Welcome to Earth, but I, I can't. Uh, I can't. That was a, that was a tough one. Yeah. But um, but even that line is just. It's, oh, it's I love like, that line. It's so great. Well, it's I so love great. That line. And oh, it's like I could have been at a barbecue. <laughs> right. And oh God, yeah. That so that movie is incredible. So now it's twenty years later, and they've made a sequel. And when they, in the interim between 1996 and now, Roland Emmerich hasn't had the best track record for me. I don't, I can't think of, okay, maybe one, there, I think there's probably one movie he's made since then that I've, I've, I've enjoyed. And I'd say that's The Patriot. Okay, yeah, The Patriot was amazing. I, I didn't see Anonymous, because that, it didn't really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But Godzilla, oof. yeah, uh, twenty twelve, day after tomorrow, he has had some turds. Absolutely, and I like I will say, um, day after, uh, yeah, the day after tomorrow, that was a guilty pleasure of mine, um, and it doesn't hold up. And what's what's more terrifying, not terrifying, but more disappointing than anything, is that the special effects in his movies don't hold up at all like in any of his movies um i would have to except for I, independence day maybe. yeah i haven't gone back and watched 2012 or, or did you see 10,000 bc uh, one oh of, that was dope one of the worst movies that i've was. seen like absolutely terrible oh my god oh I, yeah <sighs> like that was one of the only times where i was where i was watching it and i was like if they brought back, well, they are bringing back, but at the time I was like, if they brought back Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, right. Like, That'd that is right for, for it. it. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, and it's funny because you mentioned Anonymous, and I, like you said, that it didn't appeal to you. And when I saw the previews for it and everything, um, I think Michael Chiklis was actually on an episode of Nerdist like a year or two before Anonymous came out. Was and he, on he that? was, no, no, no. But he was talking about how there was this whole conspiracy or mystery about William Shakespeare and how like there's a theory that he did, that he ghost wrote or that someone ghost wrote right yeah and all that stuff and he was talking about it with such passion I was like that's really interesting and then I saw oh this movie's coming out about it that really intrigues me and then I saw Roland Emmerich and I'm I like, like ah. hey, pump the brakes <laughs> although I was kind of intrigued because that's not his normal thing it, that, it really isn't yeah and my disinterest for it had nothing to do with Roland Emmerich directing right. it it was just that subject matter it didn't really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. So, have you heard about his next movie? I vaguely um, <laughs> something about the moon crashing into Earth. Yep. It, is it a comedy? No, it's called Moonfall, and it's a space. And that's not a comedy. Uh, nope, apparently not. Uh, a space crew travels to the moon after it's struck by an asteroid and is sent on a collision course with Earth. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. It I really mean, I'm not an astrophysicist, but I can pick that apart right now. <laughs> right. I'm really looking forward to um, Neil deGrasse Tyson oh, talking yeah, about that. Oh, that. that'll be amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so so Roland Emmerich's track record has not been that great, although he did do Stargate, which I've never seen. Really? But I, really. But I've been very curious to see it. But I love Stargate. Really? Yeah. I. It's been a long time, so I don't know mm. if it would hold up for me, but... When I was a kid, that was another one that was huge for me. I loved Stargate. Nice. See, it goes through because I feel like if I see Stargate, then I'll I'll need to watch Stargate SG One, Stargate Universe. I've, I've not seen all any, the shows and everything. I've never seen the expanded universe of anything really? from Stargate. I just 
I, I remember that movie. It, it was it was a spectacle event. I loved mm-hmm. it. I had one of my favorite lines as a kid with Kurt Russell going, "Give my regards to King Tut asshole." I'm like, "Oh, that's great." <laughs> nice. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so now he's back with uh, Independence Day Resurgence. And what were your expectations going into the movie? Um, before I saw the trailer, they mm-hmm. were non-existent. I had zero okay. expectations for it. They weren't bringing uh, Will Smith back, and f- come to find out, Will Smith won fifty million dollars to do fifty uh, for do for doing two and three. Okay, which still, yeah, it's a lot of money, uh, yeah. especially for a property that's twenty years old. That's true. That is more money than it made. Than the for than resurgence made this weekend. Yeah, at the box office. Yeah, which uh, I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah, but. yeah. So, going when I first heard about the project, I was like, man, it's, it's been twenty years. It's been a long time. Then I saw the first trailer, and I'm like, you know what? That looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so, going into the movie, I was I was actually genuinely excited. Nice. I in kind of the same way. I. I my interest was somewhat peaked when they announced it because they announced it as two movies and that they were going to um, delve into the mythology a little more, the the world a little bit more, like right. the universe of the movie. And I thought, you know what? Sure, because there's that scene in the first movie where um, the president gets uh, his telepathic link with the with the alien, or they like um, he has that surge in his brain or whatever and so i thought okay well if they pick it up 20 years later he has the after effects of that yeah sure that would be awesome and they did touch on that and everything in the movie i, I think they more than touched on it. i think they, they did really, that was I, a big part of I it was yeah say, that, was a, that was a large portion of it right right so so yeah i was kind of intrigued by that and then that first trailer like you said when they reused that speech yeah, from the first movie i was like okay yep that is going to put me in the seat in opening weekend and uh yeah, so this is about as good a time as any to just dive in and just give our broad non-spoiler thoughts on Independence Day Resurgence. Um given past episodes with you, um <laughs> I'm inclined to think that we may disagree. I'm thinking Batman v Superman, so Yeah, right. I I think we're going to have some disagreements about this. Okay, good. Good. So, let's see. You're the guest, so why don't you go ahead and Give me your thoughts on Independence Day Resurgence. It was silly. It was ridiculous. Obviously implausible. Mm-hmm. Full of holes that I could pick apart forever. <laughs> and I loved every single second of it. Really? I did. I I, really? I enjoyed it. I thought it was just, it was a fun movie. I I don't know. I walked out of that movie with a big smile on my face. It wasn't anywhere as good as the original, but. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it did what a blockbuster, a summer blockbuster, should do. It was it was a spectacle, a lot of big action sequences, some fun comedy, which some of it was hit, some a lot of it was miss. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the movie. I had a, I had a good time in it. Interesting, very interesting. Did you see it? And I forgot to mention. I saw this. IMAX 3D. Did you? Which okay. you know, I hate 3D. Mm-hmm. Before seeing this movie, the only movie I've ever seen in, in 3D where I actually thought enhanced it was uh, Transformers 3. Oh, okay. Interesting. And as you all know, I'm a big defender of the Transformers franchise except right. for Extinction. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this is number two. I felt like the IMAX and the 3D really enhanced the uh, visuals for me. I almost uh, sprung for the uh, uh, State Museum IMAX, which is the 70 millimeter right. IMAX. I think that there, it would be it would have been on digital projector, but it would it would have been a big, huge, like, like authentic IMAX screen. If it had not um, been 
on a digital, I, I think it would have suffered. Yeah. Because uh, with Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. uh, it, it suffered for me at the State Museum because sure. it was uh, film reel. So. Okay. Understandable. Um, yeah, so I... But I didn't. I saw it in 2D. Um, and, you know, it's... Okay. Like you said, there are holes to pick apart. I'm not going to pick apart any of them because it's a... Like you said, it's a big, silly movie. And, like, even, like, even if you think of the original and think about how they really defeated the... Like with a, oh, sure. A it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So you can't pick apart this movie... And and I won't, but I was just bored. Really, I really I was. I I don't I, I I don't get that. Yeah. Well, the thing was that there's there's a ton of new characters, which which is great, but no, none of them really uh, pulled me. None of them were really gripping no, to me. None of them. The new characters. None of them really pulled as nearly as well as anybody from the original, mm-hmm. except for me. And I love this character. Was the African tribe uh, chief? He was pretty. He cool. was awesome. I he was pretty him. cool. He was pretty cool. A little bit underused, I think. Very underused. Yeah. I wanted to see a lot more of him. Oh uh, yeah. He, he was. Oh man, I loved him. I liked his interactions with uh, the 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 Floyd guy. Yeah. Who yeah. I'm still not sure who, who, what his deal was. He was on. I don't. I think was he like Jeff Goldblum's like. He wasn't an assistant. He was like a wrangler, like a I guess. Bureaucrat or something. Yeah, trying to get him to. Yeah. That was weird. It was weird, but I liked the interactions between him and the and the uh, African warlord guy. And I, I liked that, but like the main. Yeah, it's like, not even really a triangle, but um, Liam Hemsworth yeah, and Hem- Hemsworth, Hemsworth B. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. just. He, he's never. <laughs> like, he was serviceable. Mm-hmm. He was not memorable. He was perfectly within his element in yeah. this movie, really. Because, like, the character, it didn't. There's not really he much. Was, he played Gale. He was yeah, Gale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played Gale from, from uh, Hunger Games in this movie. And, you know, that's kind of what the script called for. It's it it just is. That type it, of character. Yeah, but there was just nothing, I don't know, exciting. Yeah, I we're mean, supposed to root for his relationship with Mika Monroe, and I'm just like, eh. Yeah, I was like, eh. It's just like, okay, this is what the plot's telling me to care about, so I'll play along, plot. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really care for, for talk shit about you on the podcast afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then maybe it's just part of, part of me that's... Uh, maybe it's my connection to the first one that made me kind of resilient to this, but, um, uh, uh, Stephen Hiller's son, um, his, his, first of all, I, I thought that it was, I guess, bold and annoying that they, I guess this wouldn't really be that much of a spoiler, but the, their Will Smith is obviously not in the movie yeah. and their explanation for that is, Kind of bold. It's very definitive. Of well, you, the, like you have you have to explain his absence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so true. I mean, what, what else are you going to do? That's true, and I, it I, is I a worldwide thing. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's. I think that worked. It worked for me. Okay. I mean, it just it just kind of perturbed me a little bit, just as a fan of the original. That they. I'm, closed I mean, what the are you going to do? Like, uh, so where's Steven? I was like, I uh, I'm seeing him in a couple of days. <laughs> right. uh, you know, he was on vacation. Yeah. Uh, he, he's probably got. He was on one of those islands. He's yeah. Like, he's got he's got some PTOs stacked up yeah. over the last twenty years. He's going to take <laughs> yeah. a vacation while the aliens invade um but so yeah so those characters didn't really i get well i guess the one character that i i kind of was on board with was the basic uh 
um, what uh, the uh, you're not talking about Liam Hensworth's little sidekick. Are <laughs> yeah, you? yeah, I, the, uh, the comic relief guy. His, he he annoyed like his little thing with him trying to find a girlfriend that was annoying to me. It it was, but it was also it didn't, there were didn't some work. there were some lines that I like. Like his, you know what? His first interaction mm-hmm. with the uh, Chinese pilot was funny. That in the last one at, yeah. at the end, I I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm I was on board with it, and I know him from Boardwalk Empire, and it's it's to it's to say it's it's high. I guess high praise from me that like he like he played. You know, I've seen him in other things too, but he played a character that I kind of. He was in the last season of Boardwalk Empire, and I just I hated that arc for the character, so I gotcha. had a little bit of um, bias against him. But I mean, then again, I also I saw him in uh, Boardwalk Empire. But uh, four seasons are really good. <laughs> the fifth, not so much. But um, anyway, uh, he was also in Men, Women, and Children, the the Town the Dreaded Sundown remake, the movies that aren't really that well He's celebrated. In Men, Women, and Children. Yep, he was. Uh, um, he was one of the children um, <laughs> no he was uh uh i think he was, he was the character that uh he was adam sandler's son Why i think uh, yeah i've only seen the movie once I just, okay i love that movie but I- yeah i liked it a lot it was i mean it was one of my top movies of the year yeah. but it was also i don't know i hit a bit of diminishing returns when i rewatched it. it yeah but anyway so yeah so those like the new characters basically um that uh, comic relief character, and also William Fickner, just because I'm a fan of William Fickner. I, yeah, I like him too. It, it's funny. I uh, they had a prequel comic book that they released and that mm-hmm. I read. It was five it's a short little five issue uh, oh. miniseries that takes place uh, directly after the mothership has been brought down okay. from the original. Nice. And so his character's uh, the main character in the comic book. So you kind of get nice. a background for him. And it's funny they they did a really good job of. Uh, uh, drawing him for the for the comic book. It's, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's spot on. But nice. It didn't do a whole lot to fill in the gap or anything like that. Sure. It was just kind of like a little tie-in mm. moneymaker thing. So I read it. Whatever. Okay. Um. Yeah. So fi- to round out the new characters, basically, um, the the president, um, Seal forgettable. Totally forgettable. Forgettable. And I think that was one of the big issues I had that I didn't really realize I had with it until about halfway through the movie. I didn't care. Yeah. Well, I was like, okay. I didn't didn't care that I didn't care, though. I I, I I couldn't care less. She wasn't a big, you know, Bill Pullman's president. He's president. Sure. He's president. (laughs) He is, yes. And And that's true. But I don't know. I just felt like about 15, 20 minutes into it, I was like, oh, okay. So she's the president. Okay. Why do I... I, I kind of I don't know because the first movie Bill Pullman's presidency and and it's it's so well developed in 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 relation to you know the movie and this movie and other Roland Emmerich movies yeah. but it's like like they they set up like okay he's a young president they he's unproven he's brash he's, he's, brash, he's, he's a war yeah. hero yeah he's he's a war hero who is who hasn't proven himself in office yeah. that's like the setup for it and then we get like oh this woman's president and uh president whitmore's daughter wrote her a speech yeah. <laughs> and it's like that's all we get and i'm like okay yeah but i, I don't i don't need another pr- hero president for, okay, for the sure. sequel um i don't know what one it, it was a big deal in the first one because you mm-hmm. know this is the first contact with aliens of course right 
you know, the the United States president's going to be a major figure in this. Mm. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. It didn't bother me that maybe it, maybe it's just a nit that I'm picking, but it just it just kind of bugged me a little bit. And I get it. Yeah. I, and I, yeah, I, I get the uh, how it's problematic for for you, mm-hmm. but it for me it just it didn't didn't matter. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the, so the returning characters. I love um, the Jeff I Goldblum too. stepped right back into the shoot. Oh, yeah. Per- oh, Jeff yeah. Goldblum was perfect. Judd Hirsch, little ridiculous side story, but I loved it. That, okay, yes. He was great in it. Like, sure. He, he was great. That side story was like... Laughable, but it was laughably, fun. And it was kind of fun. It but was like, fun. It reminded me that in the first one, they had all of these different characters doing these different subplots and different side stories and everything. And you cared about the characters in that movie and you cared about what they were doing. This one's like, okay, there's some kids. They, they, found, they found them. They found a bus. It's I like, don't care about okay. the kids. I cared about Judd Hirsch. Yeah. 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 But it just I, – I don't he, know. His interaction with the kids was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, those kids are yeah they're forgettable but hey yeah. it was a vehicle to get him into the mix and when he was a in literal the mix, vehicle because yeah. they, they were <laughs> ah, in a vehicle yeah, it was, but yeah. it worked for yeah. me I I loved <laughs> I I loved when Jeff Goldman was like who is this idiot <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that was good okay it, it sure. was it was a ridiculous way to get him back but yeah it was fun for me so. yeah okay maybe I'll maybe I'll enjoy it more if I revisit it um. So let's see. And then so let's talk a little bit about the future tech. The what I kind of what I liked and what I was kind of I guess I was okay with was that it's been 20 years since the war of 1996, which I thought was kind of a lame like okay. Know, what, what are you going to call it? I I don't know. Um I don't know. The the hum, the war against the I don't World, know. World Some, War 1. <laughs> I mean, come on. That that's well, that's, to be fair, weird. they called it the Great War. Oh. Um, <laughs> war. war makes not one great. It wasn't until they Said made the other. sequel that they went back and they George Lucas. To, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, um, let's, let's be honest. Though, there's never. I don't think anyone's ever made a, a great name for a war. That's the true. No war. Yeah. The War of eighteen twelve. Uh. So there's there is precedent to calling it the War of the Year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't need them to be like. The Star Spangled <laughs> Battle. I, no, I, it's fine. That would have been pretty cool. That, that would have been pretty cool. That would have been stupid. It would have been All super, right. super, uh, you know, jingoistic. But it would have <laughs> been really cool. But anyway, um, six works. Yeah. Fine. So okay. So my point is, there's been 20 years. They've and there's a line in the movie where Jeff Goldblum's like, "I spent 20 years preparing us for it, and we're not ready or whatever." Um, and so there's a lot of future tech, like tons of like. The like we're on the moon. We've we've got all of this other technology. We have shield technology. We have weapons technology. Yeah, and uh, and like like aircraft have like hover stuff, and like um, stadiums have huge, huge, huge jumbotrons. Just that moving jumbotrons. Yeah, just it's which is fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm not I'm not complaining about it or anything. I was a little more excited at the prospect of it, of showing all the different technology. And it didn't disappoint. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I I loved uh, the new technology Mm -hmm. and how they kind of meshed uh, Earth technology with the alien technology. Mm -hmm. If I had one one gripe about that is, could we not give our airplane shields? 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, they have shield technology. We yeah. have shield technology, but you know, that's 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 me. You know, right, it's many, one of the many holes I can pick at it. Yeah, exactly. But I, I loved how it made uh, you know travel to the mm-hmm. moon like traveling to Europe. I, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, we now have a a, a space base on one mm-hmm. of Saturn's moons. I think that's, and I love the Earth defense system. Yeah, that was cool. I, I was that great. that was cool. And I, <laughs> there's something to be said. I loved seeing. I loved the imagery of seeing. Basically, like fighter jets on the moon. Yeah, uh, like I thought that was really cool. Right. Yeah. I and agree. yeah, and uh, I don't know, but there's something to be said about how in the first movie, and granted, with the context of the story and the context of this universe, there's no way, there's no reason to really do this. But in the first movie, one of the things that I appreciate about it was that it was us. We we beat them with well, technically they're we, we beat them with their, their ship, technology, but it's like you know. We flew, we flew like our planes into into their little holes and blew them up that way. <laughs> R.I.P. Randy Quaid, um, <laughs> <laughs> legit the character. Um, no, and uh, it was just it was cool to see that type of the offensive from us was was you know from like technology that we know in our military well, you can't our military them presence. To not use the I mean, you now you yeah. have like twenty downed alien yeah. crafts and, and mm-hmm. on Earth. We're gonna use their technology, right? Yeah, and I'm not complaining that much. I just thought that there was, it felt like, it felt a little too much like a like a really futuristic science fiction movie rather than Independence Day two, if I, that makes sense. And it and it's not like a bit. It didn't ruin the movie for me. Um, but I, the bland characters did. I mean, that's how. You, um, I, I feel like that's a re- realistic, you know, quotation marks. Sure. Like, realistic portrayal of what would happen i mean we would our technology would would burst forth mm-hmm. decades i mean we, and yeah. we it would be applicable to our military to our uh communications i, I mm-hmm. have zero problem that's that's fully what i would expect okay so. sure yeah uh i mean you're not gonna be like we have all this technology right screw it we'll make it our own i think i think the point that i'm kind of circling around or not really articulating that well is that it felt like maybe to me the emphasis was on hey look at how cool everything is now look at look at the look at all the cool like gadgets and things that we we've done or that we can come up with that humanity's done in the interim between the two movies and that came at a price of like oh okay we'll also throw some characters in we have these these two in a relationship we have this guy who doesn't like this guy this guy who's cracking wise and it's like <laughs> just it just seemed like it seemed like there was more emphasis on the sci-fi futuristic technology rather than the I think you have to emphasize how much how further civilization has come. Yeah. Yeah, and that is needed, but I felt like it maybe it was at, at the expense of character development for me. Or maybe I, I'm just I pinning don't, blame on something that doesn't need to be blamed. I, I don't go into movies like this expecting a character study. So See, it, it doesn't bother me. And and now I, I yeah. know I know we we've been spoiled you mm-hmm. know we we've been spoiled with some amazing blockbuster mm-hmm. superhero movies that have done great things with character development right um, you're not talking about Batman v Superman I'm right not. <laughs> calm, calm down all right Jesus <laughs> defend that movie still um, so you know I, I get it we we've mm-hmm. we've had amazing character developed uh, blockbusters mm-hmm. uh, mo- more notably. Uh, Civil War recently, right? Uh, so we've been spoiled, right? Which that and that's also 
That's also not really a fair comparison because that's like no, fourteen it, movies into an established like, ex- franchise. True. Uh, yeah. So it do- it doesn't bother me that this summer blockbuster about uh, an alien invasion mm-hmm. doesn't exactly rival memento right in character development i'll meet you halfway there and just say that this comes on this is this is the sequel to a movie that had really solid character development for me it had uh jeff goldblum's character bill pullman um um uh judd hirsch it had in will smith of course like they had these characters who had their own little arcs these little these little quirks and everything i just wish that there was something more that i could latch onto into the new characters in this movie the way that i could in the original movie that's yeah That's where my fault is. I'm not saying like it was. Glad we acknowledge yeah. it is your fault. Right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So the future tech was cool, but it felt like the characters weren't developed enough. If, I wish that uh, I wish that humanity would have spent twenty years developing the the characters <laughs> rather than the to, technology. To be fair, <laughs> wasn't the original like two and a half hours? It was. It was. And this is this, and is, this is two hours. Minutes. So this That's is, true. That is so, a good point. Yeah. Maybe we'll get the R rated uh <laughs> Stop, stop. Our, we we get it. We disagree <laughs> on Batman v Superman. <laughs> I'm so glad that I have something uh to uh to rib you with now that, besides Interstellar. Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. Which so speaking of Interstellar Stop, we, stop. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, um so yeah, uh Let's see. Any other broad topics, or should we jump into spoilers? Because there's, I, not... uh, I would say it's uh, probably spoiler time. Okay. Um, so overall thoughts on the movie, just random grade. We don't really have grades, but would you see it again? Would you? Are you going to own? Oh, it I'm going to buy it without nice. a doubt. I, nice. I, will I see it again in the theater? There's a lot that I still mm. need to see. So yeah. Probably not, um, and that's not because I wouldn't want to. I, I think mm-hmm. it'd be fun to go see it again in the theater. But no, I'll buy it. That'll, that's nice. going to be a definite buy for me. Nice. In fact, that'll be that'll probably get released around the same time that I'm going to be purchasing a 4K Blu-ray player. So oh, that'll nice. probably be one of my first 4K Blu-rays. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. Um, not going to be a Blu-ray purchase for me. But I will say that uh, don't I'll say it's going to be a DVD purchase. I'm going to hit you with this microphone. <laughs> but I'm going to buy it on VHS to commemorate <laughs> 1996. Beta Um <laughs> No, um, but if it when it hits um, HBO Go, I might give it another shot. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, so that's it for our spoiler-free discussion of. Independence Day Resurgence. Before we get to spoilers, I just want to mention a few listener. Uh, feedbacks that we got about Independence Day Resurgence. So I'm just going to read these really quickly. Of course, I posted the question a little late this week, but I posted it at uh, facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and at obsessive viewer on Twitter. I asked, uh, tonight we are recording our review of Independence Day Resurgence. What did everyone think of the movie? And we got two responses. <laughs> and then I have more responses Some from what I saw. accurate for how many people want to go see it this right, Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, oh, usually we get a lot of responses. And I'm like, it made like 40-some million dollars. I can't right? believe. Yeah. I, ex- I didn't expect it to kill, but I expected it to at least win the weekend. It's, it's really funny because in our uh, summer movie challenge, Tiny named it the uh, what he thinks would be the number one movie. Uh, or not the number one movie, but 
I think he did put it as number one now that I think about it. Or maybe number two. But anyway, he put it for the bonus question. He put, what movie will have the biggest opening weekend box office? He put, he put that play. at like $180 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so I threw out the question on, on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, Doug from uh, Movie Madness Podcast uh, responded with, just got out of Independence Day Resurgence. Well, on the bright side, the Ghostbusters reboot has some competition. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he went on to say, it's the worst movie I've seen in theaters this year. Got to give Will Smith credit for passing on this. Oh, man. One of the worst. Yeah. That's... I feel like that's so hard. It is. But Did he I not mean... see Ninja Turtles too? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question, actually. Um, yeah. That, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'd side more with him. Um, uh, and then Patrick said, Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, I actually really enjoyed this comment. Patrick said, Independence Day Resurgence, more like Independence Day Returgence, Bam, Burn. (laughs) Ah. And Patrick, if you're listening, you are my best friend for life. Um, (laughs) Let's see. And then on Twitter, I got uh, Brian Davids from Film Schlub said, uh, the odds of a third movie are slim to none at this rate because of the opening box office. Uh, I walked out. Well, once I saw the return, I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he went on to say the studio wisely pumped the brakes on part two after green lighting both initially. So that's very uh, comforting, I guess. Although I did hear that, um, like, there was an article about Terminator Genesis might not be dead after all. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe, I don't know. Well, to be fair, I. I've been reading the international box office, and oh, apparently yeah. it's make, doing really well internationally. Really? Independence Day? Independence Day. Okay. So I, I guess if it makes its return <laughs> internationally, I mean, let's be honest, it, it'll it'll make back what it took to produce mm-hmm. when you bring in the international market, Yeah. and then when you have the Blu-ray sales. Uh, right. So it'll make money eventually. Right. But will it be enough to sustain a sequel? Yeah. I doubt it. I Judging from the opening weekend, I don't think it's gonna. I don't. I don't think. I don't Which think and we'll get to it in the spoilers. Yeah. Disappoints me because I, I, I want to see where it goes. Right. Right. We'll get into that. And then finally, um, Adam replied with, "It felt borderline made for TV." That being said, this was in response to one tweet I had about the. Uh, I should have. I should have talked about this in the non-spoiler. But my tweet was: Independence Day Resurgence didn't do it for me. The new characters weren't interesting, and I don't feel like following them into a third movie. Okay, so he wasn't responding to what I thought. But, I'll, was, but I'll, you know what? Um, he, I, I don't disagree with that, but I mm-hmm. will follow the old characters into, into a third movie. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, eh, we'll talk more about that in spoilers. But Adam said, it felt borderline made for TV. That being said, I thought the alien-human hybrid tech was pretty cool, and the queen was cool. So I have... So, yeah. One of my biggest nitpicks is with the queen. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it's minor. But it's, <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're going to go into spoilers, but I think first uh, Tiny actually recorded a little segment that I'm going to play right here. And then after this, we're going to go right into spoilers for Independence Day Resurgence. Or Returgence. Stop it. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. 
Hello, my fellow obsessive viewerites. I apologize that I could not be there for this recording. I had to work late, I was starving, and it just didn't work out. So I'm sorry I couldn't be there, uh, but I, I know that you will enjoy the recording from Matt and our frequent guest, uh, Robert Fekas. Um, those guys are always really good together, and thank you to uh, Robert for filling in. Um, it would have been a mess otherwise. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad he was there for that. So, for my thoughts on Independence Day Resurgence, terrible title. Um, you know, I actually had quite a bit of fun with the movie, uh, but I, I think I think it kind of uh, this movie's another line in a uh, ever-growing line of films that are sequels that are just trying way too hard. Um, I think we, you know, we mentioned it a lot last year when we talked about. Uh, um, Jurassic World, you know, it was uh, just too much going on, overload in a lot of a lot of ways. Um, we've seen it with other franchises, and uh, I I feel like this is just another example of a studio taking a franchise or a property and making a new entry in that franchise, and just feeling like they have to turn every single knob all the way up to ten, just just balls to the wall in every single category. Um, and, and I think it leaves a lot of audiences, myself included, uh, dissatisfied. So I had a lot of fun with the movie, but I don't think it's very memorable. You know, I don't think that there's any, any lines like, uh, you know, welcome to earth that we're going to be quoting (laughs) for, you know, 20 years from now. Uh, I don't think there was any of that in this movie. Um, much like Jurassic World, it just it just could not tap into the heart and the majesty and the charm of the original film. Um, and, and that was just blatant throughout so many scenes in this movie. I, I, I think the biggest issue is that it was just way bloated. Um there, you can start with the casting, really. I think all of the casting was fairly good for this movie. Um, Liam Hemsworth, he, he, he has very good leading man qualities. I think, I think he's a solid actor, especially for a movie in a role like this. Um, but Jesse Usher playing Dylan Hiller throughout the movie just got in the way of that the entire time. Um, as an audience member, I just feel like, I couldn't decide who I needed to like put my faith in and who I needed to follow. Like who's going to be the big hero of this. And the reason is because there were two of them, Liam Hemsworth and Jesse Usher. Like, I don't understand. They should have either had one, one or one or the other. They shouldn't have had both. Um, I, I think they tried too hard to include characters from the first film. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was a must. He just had to be in there. I think audiences love him. I love him. He's just so uh, neurotic and goofy that I th- it would have felt like an incomplete film without him. Honestly, I think Jeff Goldblum is more important than Will Smith, believe it or not. That's that's a big statement. But uh, So they had to have Jeff Goldblum back. I'm glad they had Bill Pullman back. Um, that was all good. But I just felt like Dylan Hiller was just unnecessary. Uh, and I'm including Vivica Fox in this as well. Uh, she was hardly in the movie anyways. I just don't see why they went through the trouble of trying to include her and a bit of a, a basically the lowest amount of storyline they can give a character was given to Vivica Fox's character. Uh, it was really 
pointless. I, I really don't think it served anything. Um, uh, Dylan Hiller, played by Jesse Usher, was a very incomplete character as well. And Vivica Fox was really in the movie just to influence him, uh, be, be a, a storyline for his character. So that was all just really superfluous and just it just didn't add anything to the movie for me uh, other than a name the hiller name that's that's all it really was and um jesse usher wasn't particularly bad uh but he had nothing to work with so he has that to hang his hat on but uh they just did nothing with that character and he was really just in the way as far as i'm concerned um but uh, adding to this, two of the biggest returning characters, Jeff Goldblum uh, playing David Levinson and Bill Pullman playing President Whitmore, I thought were were necessary and not just necessary, but welcome. I was really glad that both of them made an appearance in this movie. Um, Jeff Goldblum, like I said, neurotic, hilarious, um, just, just the way he delivers his lines. I feel like he's such a unique actor that he just sticks out in every single scene in, in such a satisfactory way or or an, an exciting way um i love seeing jeff goldblum and uh i think this is one of those roles that's career defining for him uh this in jurassic park of course um he's just he's just one of those actors and it just would not have been the same without him uh bill pullman i i, I wanted him just for his presence because there's that classic you know the the classic speech that he gives that just holds up so well and is a little bit hokey and like kind of false almost false patriotism or kind of like empty patriotism but at the same time it just gets you down in your gut and you're like heck yeah dude let's go kick some alien ass like he just has that when he delivered that speech in the first movie he just got that presence and so i wanted him in this movie for that to, to kind of rehash that and, and bring those sentiments back. And damn it, he tried. Uh, Bill Pullman, I think, did a pretty good job. I, I appreciated his performance in this. Um, and I, I like what they tried to do with the character, but I think they ultimately failed. Um, they tried to have another moment where he kind of had a, a crowd form around him and he tried to rally the troops and give the Independence Day speech, if you will. Uh, and it, it really fell flat. I mean, uh, man, it did not work. And that was, that was really missing from this movie. I, I missed that, that heart and that, uh, you know, that companionship, the, uh, togetherness and cohesiveness that the first movie had. Um, there was some of it in this, but it just didn't, it didn't meet the level of the first movie. Um, and, and I think the, the, the channel for that was through Bill Pullman's character as President Whitmore. And they just they just failed to deliver. His character was not developed well enough to meet that need. Um, and, and I don't want to... I don't want to bring Pil Bill Pullman down for that. I don't want to blame him for that. Because I, I think, much like Jesse Usher, he worked with what he had. And there just wasn't a lot there. Uh, and that... That goes to the script, which I'll talk about later. Uh, but, mo but moving on with the cast, I think another character who just was really good casting but was underused and just not used in the right way was uh, Sella Ward, uh, playing President Lanford. Um, 
she she again has a ton of presence and is a very skilled actress. I, I like her in her other roles, uh, but she just wasn't really used that well in this movie. Um, I, I I don't understand why they even had to have the character in there or t- try to make her seem like such a important character and it just kind of have it fall by the wayside. I, I was a little dissatisfied with uh, with what they did with her character, um, but I, I think it's a result of of the the bloating the bloated cast list in this movie i think that's it's a result of that it's unfortunate uh william fickner is just a classic he's just a classic actor he's a classic character actor everyone who sees him is like oh he's that one guy from armageddon or the guy from prison break (laughs) or whatever you know he's he's the perfect character actor um and he did another great job in this he just he just fills that that niche role in every movie he's in and he crushed it like he always does. Um, I, I really wasn't too happy to see Judd Hirsch return playing Julius Levinson, uh, Jeff Goldblum's father. He, he was hilarious in the first movie. He did a phenomenal job job in the first movie. And I think he continued a very, very good performance in this. Uh, but he just was not necessary. I, I think it should have been, a cameo, maybe, uh, just one or two scenes as opposed to, uh, you know, the several scenes we got with him. I just didn't think it was really necessary. And, uh, I, I just wasn't especially thrilled with his presence in the film. Um, I'm always excited to see Brent Spiner, uh, especially playing such a goofy character. Um, he's one of the highlights of the original film. Um, and I'm glad they brought him back again. I think they could have done a lot more with him. Um, at least made him a, more well-rounded character uh, in this movie if it wasn't for all the bloated character development throughout it. Um, I think they could have had some more depth to him, and he could have been... Uh, he, he could be an interesting character or a, a more well-rounded character for the third film, uh, which I think they're probably going to make. Um, so th- I think they could have done with, done more with him, but wasn't a huge deal. Um, some of the other characters, like Charlotte Gainsbourg... Uh, she played the psychiatrist in the movie, or whatever she was, I don't know. Basically a deus ex machina throughout the movie. <laughs> really kind of silly, but whatever. Um, the African warlord guy, uh, Deobia Opare, I have no idea if I'm saying that right. He was a cool character just because of his back and forth with the nerdy guy. Um, Travis Tope playing Charlie Miller. Uh, was not as good as uh, Harry Connick Jr. in the original, kind of served the same role. Um, very derivative, though. Uh, he, he was fine, kind of funny here and there, but pretty pretty obnoxious, really. Um, and then one of the other bigger names was Micah Monroe, uh, playing President Whitmore's daughter. Uh, she's, she's really charming. She's a good actress. Uh, I really appreciated her roles in, uh, in It Follows and, um, oh gosh... What was that movie? The Guest. Yeah, uh, the two horror films that she was in. Um, I liked her a lot more in It Follows. Uh, again, not a whole lot for her to work with in this movie. Um, but she's really charming, and I think she's got a lot of chops as an actress. Um, and she's absolutely gorgeous, so that helps a lot, too. Uh, so that those are my thoughts on the, the actors. Um, kind of skimmed over Liam Hemsworth, but he was a pretty standard... Um, every man or like leading man in this. I don't think anything really set him apart too much from other leading men. Uh, he was, a, he was one of the least developed characters in the movie. Uh, but 
he was also the kind of a leading man. It was kind of weird how they did it. They had this whole thread of him being bitter about his parents dying in the first attack, and he almost killed Dylan Hiller in a training thing or whatever. And it was just, it was a little convoluted and just not, it just wasn't well-rounded, just like most of the stuff in this film. Um, so I mentioned the script. I, the, the script was really just a mess. I, I really, the dialogue was most notably troublesome. The, the, there just weren't any classic uh, lines about you know I, I loved I loved the dialogue scene in the first movie where uh, David Levinson gets drunk at Area Fifty One and his dad comes and talks to him and that's where he gets the idea for the virus that was that's a really charming scene and it works really well and you remember it I I don't think there was really anything like that in this movie uh, it felt very rushed like they were just skipping from scene to scene to scene and they just cut all the heart out of the out of the dialogue um, it was just so unsatisfying. Uh, there were a couple of, um, pretty decent comedic relief moments, uh, that I'll give them credit for, but I don't think anything sticks out like the, the comedic relief in the first film. Um, I I would have rather had them attempt to be dark or darker in this movie, uh, than do the crappy jokes that they did. So that was, again, uh, disappointing. Um, so I'm kind of tearing the movie apart a little bit, but at the same time, I really had fun with this. I, I, I suspended my disbelief, which of course you have to do because, you know, this is a big science fiction movie. Um, it's a, about an alien attack that's relatively implausible. Um, so you have to suspend your d- disbelief to an extent, but it just felt like so many things in the movie were just so convenient. Um, some things just coming along, I I don't want to get into spoilers, but uh, just things showing up that just kind of basically get explained, just explain some of the conflict, and it's just it was just very lazy writing. Um, that one of the aliens' shields just out of nowhere just kind of fails and just gets defeated, and then it leads to some destruction, and it's just like just very convenient that that kind of I don't know that kind of uh, that kind of stuff happened and and it, it was it's it's just indicative of the lazy writing that that the the authors used for for this film and it's it's a bummer because the first movie is just paced so well and it's just such a fun action movie and there's there's so much that's memorable about it it's that movie holds up remarkably well for being 20 years old uh in in almost every category so, uh, th- this movie is not, Resurgence is not going to be one of those movies that I think we remember and, and cling to and quote and stuff like that. Uh, this is just a uh, beyond sophomoric entry into the franchise. Um, but you know, if they make a third movie, I, I hope they get somebody good to do it. Um, I, I think the biggest issue with the movie was the script, uh, the, the dialogue specifically. Um, I didn't have a big issue with the, um, story itself, but it was very derivative of the first movie. It was very kind of, kind of a rehash to an extent, but, uh, but still, they still made it their own, so I can't I can't knock them too much for that. Um, but I, I don't want to um, I don't want to knock Roland Emmerich too much. I think he did fine. Um, he has a, a visual style that I think he's kind of developing. 
Um, the the effects were reminiscent of 2012, um, which, again, not a great movie, um, but very visually impressive. And, and I think this movie nailed the visuals. I mean, there was no pixelation or, or, or lag or anything that that wasn't uh, polished to the nth degree. Uh, they, they really hit that out of the park, and so I give them a lot of credit for that. And I think part of part of that quality is Roland Emmerich as a director. Um, so I don't, I don't see any reason why he couldn't do the third film. Um, but I, I really hope they just get a better author, a better screenwriter, um, because this, this second entry, this second film really, really needed a lot of work in that area. Um, so I think the reason why I had so much fun with the movie is because there was so much that was a callback to the first movie. Um, and I give him some credit for that. Part of it was, you know, the casting again, they got some, some characters back and the feel of it was sort of there. Um, and, and I think all of that was just really tapped into my nostalgia and, uh, you know, I, I, God, I love the original. I mean, I, I remember going to see it with my dad, uh, 4th of July weekend, my dad, and my brother, and we bought it on VHS after that. And we watched it on VHS plenty of times. Um, and so it, it holds a special place in my movie-going heart, if you will. Um, so they automatically were going to get some points from me because of that nostalgia, and and you know bringing back the characters the way they did tapped into that, and it was a, it was a smart move because it it worked for me. I had a good time with it. Um, but I, I ultimately think they failed with this movie because they, it was just, it's, it's, I think it's going to feel like a placeholder eventually. I think people are going to trash it pretty good, but it's going to make some money. And so they're going to want to come back with that third movie, but they're going to realize they need to not just throw money at it and get some actual talent involved with it. And, uh, I, I hope that'll make for a, a quality third film. Um, there's plenty of other stuff that I could have talked about. I didn't want to get into spoilers. Uh, I hope Matt and uh, Fekas did because, uh, you know, I can't be there for that. But I hope they get into some of that stuff and dig a little deeper. Um, if I had to put a number on it, I'd probably give this a, a pretty solid 6, maybe like a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, it's being a little generous. I do want to see it again um, just to kind of let that nostalgia wear off and, and really kind of dive into all the the minutia and eccentricities of the movie. Um, but that'll be sometime, sometime down the road. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, come see us next week. I will be back for that one. I will quit my job if I have to. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. ready for this we used their technology to strengthen our planet but it won't be enough I see them in my dreams they're coming back all right, so we we are live with spoilers, not live, but we're we are live spoilers with live spoilers. Yes. So
okay. Uh, Alive this... like the Independence Day franchise. Boom. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh that not. opening box office. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. But I'll go ahead and start by saying that um, I should have brought this up in the in the non-spoiler section, but Roland Emmerich, man, he has been working for so long, and he has he has several movies under his belt. Why the f*** has no one told him how to shoot a scene with a green screen? Because there were so many scenes where it was like really awkwardly, like like the lighting was just awful compared to what the back screen was was what the green screen what was projected onto the green screen and it felt just so sloppy and and just crappy did you get any of that i wouldn't go as far as to say as it was as bad as you thought it was but yeah Mm -hmm. he's he's definitely hasn't perfected that craft you can say what you want for films made by michael bay he knows Mm -hmm. how to shoot in that style uh roland emmerich he I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it, it's nothing spectacular. Yeah, it just it took me out of the movie to see them in like in like an a hangar um, and see just in the background just like it something about the light the way that their their it's, faces and heads it, are lit. It was are a lot just, of the new building areas. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 new area area fifty one right. hangars and yeah it. Yeah, it you, was, you knew full well what you were looking at, right? And I will say that it's improved slightly from like 10,000 BC, where that was like the most atrocious uh, uh, type of like experience of seeing that like horrible like green screen effects in that movie was absolutely terrible in 10,000 BC. Yeah, and and this was a step up from that, but it still it still was like we have these we have these really incredible like large scale ships and the like these big battles and things going on and just those little scenes in the buildings were just really off putting to me. And it's it's weird because you have like with the with the new colony ship, I, I would mm-hmm. is not really a mothership, more of a colony ship right. in my opinion. The the entry into the atmosphere was spectacular, mm-hmm. and the portion where the gravity from the ship is distorting all you know London, I, mm-hmm. all that looked looked amazing. That was really cool. It was. That it was, was really it was, cool. It was badass. I love oh, yeah. it. And that was one of my big problems with the movie. Really, was that I was I came away from it feeling like they established this massive scale for the invasion for the for the conflict of the movie. Like this ship is massive. Uh, like you said, it's a colony ship. The stakes are completely against humanity this time, and I felt like it didn't really deliver on that on that scale for me. You know, it's you bringing that up. Uh, White House Down, also directed <laughs> yeah. by him. Yeah, that had some of the worst current CGI I remember seeing oh, yeah. in the movie. I d- I barely even remember that movie. But it's yeah. forgettable. But mm-hmm. man, that's what was not forgettable was how bad the CGI was mm-hmm. in that movie. So yeah. Yeah, he definitely has a problem with that. Um, Which and is in, weird because that's, that's what he falls back on. Oh, yeah, totally. It's like it's his bread and butter, sure. really. Um, just the scale and the spectacle. But, I mean, it's just weird to me that he can create these huge effects-driven sequences that I thought were a little lacking in this movie, um, or at least the frequency of them were. That's what I was saying is that the, the scale of the conflict didn't really match the – destruction i was hoping to see eh, that sounds a little messed you wanted up that destruction porn i did i did because that was such a big pivotal moment in the first but movie. we did that we did yeah and we did get some of that but it was also like 
it was just like the the ship just kind of just landed and then or crashed or whatever it did. I mean, well, and then you don't you can't have it do the same thing. You're like, okay, yeah. we're back and we're gonna throw fifteen ships and destroy cities again. That's true. So That's I, true. I, I don't have a problem with that. They we had our destruction with it landing in the atmosphere. We had this mm-hmm. three thousand mile long ship land on Earth, and look to me, I, I love the shot of it sitting on Earth. It was mm-hmm. badass to me. Yeah. So I. Well, we had one major destruction scene. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need more of it, you know. Sure. I, I the dog fight, uh, the dog fights were fantastic. Um, the alien effects when we actually got down to the uh, alien against human fighting yeah. was really well done. It was really interesting to see the aliens like with weapons. Yeah, like, that was great. Like, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, and that that's one that's one thing I will give it give the movie a ton of credit for was like I liked the. At least the I, I in theory I liked the way that it expanded the mythology of this of this universe. That was probably the strongest portion of the movie for me. Yeah. I loved how it started to delve into mm-hmm. the mythology of the aliens, right. the their place in intergalactic warfare, mm-hmm. and to be honest, I want to see a prequel. And this would never happen, mm-hmm. but I want to see like a prequel series. Documenting the war between the African tribes. Yes, and that, that I want. That would see. be so cool. I want to. That see would that be so right, cool. Right now, they said that they, he had been. They'd been fighting them for, for ten, 10 years, years and, and all the aliens. Go, man, I want to see that. That would be. So I want to see cool. a ten-part miniseries about oh, that, yeah. that war on Netflix, so that they can really push the yeah, right? <laughs> effects. That would be really cool. That would be really, really cool. I think that would be um, amazing. Yeah. Um. I. I just. I love the backstory with that, and mm-hmm. I just. I would have loved for, to see more of that. It may have been my the strongest part of the whole movie for me. Yeah, is just the just that, and I I liked the way, like I said, I liked the way that it um, developed the aliens more and 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 kind of hinted at you know what they are and, and who they are because in the first movie all we get is you know they're, they're like aliens focused. here to take our resources. They're, yeah, yeah, and that that was fine. That was perfectly yeah, all, fine in the movie. Need. Oh yeah, but I like that there is also this other. Uh, uh, like machine race or whatever that came to warn us or, or whatever. I loved that. Yeah. Um, but one of my nitpicks <laughs> is when uh, when the machine race comes. Mm-hmm. And first of all, let, let's be honest. That's that's a very smart science fiction mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Um, one of the few smart science fictions about this movie <laughs> right. is a, a race of beings that evolved in the point of um, biometrics and just machines right um it, it's something that's to me plausible yeah uh, they've reached know. the singularity right so okay we have this invasion by this entity that we don't know what it is mm-hmm. and we shoot it out of the sky which classic humans yeah cla- <laughs> which, let's be honest it's probably what would have happened right oh yeah so they shoot it out of the sky and they're like okay we need to go check it out no no we gotta have a party first <laughs> Uh, but we just we don't know what this thing is. And we just shot it down. We should probably go check it out. No, nope, no, nope. get the scientists over here. We need to we need to celebrate. Uh, they actually, something. didn't they actually say you can do that after the celebration? Yeah, that, I was like, like what? no, no, oh. you would not do that. Yeah. You just shot down this thing. Right, you're celebrating the 20th anniversary of an alien invasion. Yeah, you have something that just invaded your moon colony. You're gonna go check that. Yeah. Out. You're like, oh we'll, yeah, we'll get that tomorrow. Don't, don't <laughs> right. worry about it. So that that bothered oh, yeah. me. I was Twenty like, years after humanity was almost extinguished, right? You've re- you've you've had contact with 
an alien piece of machinery, and yeah, and yeah, you're just that was like, we'll get it tomorrow. That Don't made me roll it. my eyes. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, me too. And yeah. that that's probably that's probably my biggest gripe. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's that's ridiculous. That would not happen. Right, we're gonna have this party first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but as a concept, even though that's, I mean. I I can't really say that it's like derivative or anything like that plot line or anything because I mean it seems similar to well I can't really make that comparison because I haven't finished Mass Effect I haven't finished the Expanse series but there are elements of it that reminded me of elements of uh, Mass Effect where there's there, this, there's a lot of Mass Effect yeah. elements that are similar uh, mm-hmm. one being the, the machine race mm-hmm. uh, another being a hive mind race yeah. uh, so there there what there are a lot of similarities yeah. with Mass Effect I will give you that yeah. And also, the expanse is kind of similar. Humans uh, have contact with with aliens, and it, it propels them, them yeah. yeah, into the, pol- the politics of the universe. Right. But, but I do love the fact that these these assholes aren't just an assholes. Us, like they're a problem right. in, in the galaxy. Yeah, these, these assholes are going around to everybody. Oh yeah, and just being total dicks. Oh yeah. So I I, I like that mythology. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the fact that there is a resistance against. Mm-hmm. These these aliens. Yeah. And even though I didn't really like the movie at the end of the day, I wasn't I was like I said, I was bored by it. This element of world building makes me makes me kind of wish that there would be more to it or there would be there would be more more to this universe and more to this franchise. Me too. I you um, know I uh, I hope uh, me being a comic book guy, I, I could hope that they do an expanded universe in comics. Mm-hmm. Um I think that would be neat. Oh yeah. It's, I would I would read like a full comic series if it's about the the african warlords and oh me too Without that conflict because that would be so cool god that yeah the, just knowing that that 10-year mm-hmm. battle happened to me was is just awesome oh yeah oh yeah and i and i love another thing that i, I love the I, what do they call it like the alien residual effect yeah something like that something yeah. like that i liked that plot line that anyone that's had oh, yeah. the psychic connection with the aliens has got the you know the residual residual lasting effects of it, and I, right. I don't know. I I love that kind of mythology of it as well, and I totally. love the fact that this this tribe has started to decipher mm-hmm. alien uh, writings. Yeah, that's man. Yeah, the mythology. It's so it's right there. It's it, so it is. cool it's, and it's, interesting. The universe is ripe for a good oh, expanded yeah. universe. Oh, absolutely. And maybe that's just part of being. A sci-fi alien series too, because yeah. I mean, Halo has the same kind of thing. I, I never really got into the extended universe of Halo. I, I, or no, I didn't either. Any of that, but there are tons of novels that are written about the there Halo are, universe, yeah. and um, I'm also thinking like Aliens and. Um, there's comic books, of stuff. series from Aliens and Predator, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if there's any novelizations. I could for, be wrong for Aliens. For Aliens, yeah, there is. is there? Okay. Yep. Um. Yeah, so I mean, this this type of story, this type of universe is is ripe for expansion and and for digging into it. And right. Yeah. If, at the end of the day, this movie at least made me really want to go back and play Mass Effect and actually finish the trilogy, because <laughs> um, I never did actually play Mass Effect three. But um, great game. It's a great. Game. Yeah, I'm really excited to play. <laughs> I have the whole. I have all three, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, and also read the Expanse because I really like that. So yeah, it, 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 this movie at least, at least what it did was it made me want to seek out more science fiction um, more than anything else, and it, it makes me. You. It did, yeah. It's a very inspirational movie. It, yeah. <laughs> um, uh huh. Um, 
So, what did you think of Vivica A. Fox? You know, <laughs> I, I laughed. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, <laughs> okay, she's gone. That's right. fine. Um, yeah. She's a doctor now. Yeah, cool. which All I right. mean, you know, good for her. That is good for her. I was thinking that too. Yes, good, good for her. Twenty years is a long time. It is a long time. It's um, plenty of time for her to go to med school. Totally. Yeah. Um, she looked good in her stripper outfit in the first one. Sure, uh-huh. but you know, no. uh, yeah, and that was something. And then um, the, that whole Vivica A. Fox portion of the film, though, I I, I could have just done without it. <laughs> Me too. The it was like we gotta get this newborn baby on here, and the, yeah, and the girls, you know, your your city is getting destroyed. She's like, be careful with the baby. <laughs> get your ass on the helicopter. Right, your baby's about to die. Just like Good toss God. it in there. <laughs> so. <laughs> It just and it just so happens that Hillard gets there as yeah. just in time to see his mom die. Yeah. Right. I could if they if Vivica A. Fox hadn't been in the movie, I've been fine. Yeah, me too. Or if they just want to have Vivica A. Fox in like a scene, which is pretty much what they did. Right. And just give us an update of what she's doing. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I, I don't need the drama of him flying to see her death. Right. So it's well, that was silly. Kill her off in the twenty years too, because you know you <laughs> did enough with. That just I uh, I don't know. That just it made me wish that I wish Will Smith was in the movie. Really, you can't it, you can't you have to explain his absence though, and that, the only way yeah. to do it is to kill him. That's true. So I I like that they kill him testing out alien technology. Mm-hmm. Th- that's that's fitting for me. Yeah, you know he's he's the first human to ever drive an alien spaceship. Mm-hmm. So you know he goes out trying to create. Right, the hybrid alien technology. So I, I, I don't know. It, it works for me. Yeah. If you can't get the cash for him, then okay. Fine. Yeah. I think I was just bummed that he was just, just that he wasn't in it. Just well, what? What's yeah. his role going to be though? I because he's not going to be a fighter pilot anymore. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he he might be an instructor, mm-hmm. something like that. But even then, he's Will Smith. He has to have a bigger role than just a flight instructor. That's true. He could have, you know, he could have been like a training officer for the new crop of fighter pilots when the when the uh, aliens invaded and he could whip them into get, and then get back into a ship and uh, it's on you know i'm okay with will smith not being a part okay. of the movie do you think his absence contributed to the yes. poor poor box yes, office I do. totals yeah i think if you have will smith back in that movie i'd almost go as far as to say it doubles the uh first weekend. i would think so too i'd say it oh, doubles yeah. it um, yep so I uh like which I, still doesn't pay for a salary though. So. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um I think I mentioned this on an episode of the podcast recently, but um after we talked about the summer movies coming out, I told my brother I was like, Hey, yeah, Independence Day is coming out with the sequel and then he said, Oh, yeah, oh wow, cool. Is it Will Smith the first thing he said was, Is Will Smith gonna be in it? Yeah. I'm like, Nope. And then I don't think he really It's had so much hard. To that's twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. To get you, you're talking about a whole new generation of moviegoers, right. and you got to get them excited for Independence Day. And the first thing out of their minds probably going to be, "What? Well, why do I care?" Mm-hmm. In the direct comparison, maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit, but um, you know, I'm going to save that for for later. Sure. Yeah. So let's go into just the plot of like what they, you know, the end game basically. So we've got all of these, you know. Um, uh, let me see. Um, new characters make, make under development, make underdeveloped. Um, no, that's not good. Are you that's trying good. to pun your way I'm into trying this conversation? to a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So we've got the new characters who are all, you know, super, you know, 
eager to fight and everything and super underdeveloped. Um, we've got them doing their thing. And then there's the whole thing with the queen and the hive and blah, blah, blah. What'd you think of the, the way that the climax of the movie was portrayed? I, I, first of all, I like the, the battle, the, the dog fight battle at the, uh, the big colony ship. Mm-hmm. I, well done. Um, I, I liked the trap uh, portion of it. I like the fact that they were lured in and, and trapped in the, and I, the, yeah. uh, the, the little micro shields. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was impressed by that. I would have liked a little bit more of the uh, characters inside the colony ship. Cause I, yeah. that was very intriguing to me seeing what this giant ship is all about. I want to see Liam Hemsworth P too. I also, <laughs> I laughed. I, I thought I did it was too. funny. I, I thought, thought that, was, that was I thought that was pretty good. I yeah. thought I did think that was pretty good. Uh, and I could totally make a stupid comparison to, to Batman movie. v Superman. Yeah, uh-huh. good. Yeah, it was a good uh, Grandma's Tea or whatever the <laughs> hell that abomination of a movie had. Anyway, um, yeah, Liam Hemsworth P was cool. I thought it was funny. Yeah, um, I, I I liked uh, I liked the little the the fight. Trying to get to the ships there. I mm-hmm. thought that was a little fun. And I like the throwback with Liam Hemsworth goes over there and tries to deck the alien. He's like, ah! Yeah. So I thought that was good. That was cool. Um, But I would I, I would have liked a little bit more of that uh, survival uh, story inside the ship. I yeah. Think that, I think that would have been beneficial. Mm-hmm. The Queen. Another one of my nitpicky portions of it. Yes. I, I, like, I like the Queen. All right. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I, I like the Queen. But why... In God's name, does this queen have a mouth with razor sharp teeth? Okay, no alien huh. has a mouth in this, and the queen has car- a carnivorous mouth. What's it eating? Because none of its subjects <laughs> are eating anything. What? Wow. That ah, that that was that was stupid to me. I'm like, you I... just made this thing like a giant dinosaur for no reason. Wow. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I did not. Uh, I did not put that together. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that bugged the crap. And no one has a mouth in your species <laughs> except for the queen. The queen wow. eats. What does the queen eat? Because apparently they found some other means of sustenance. Mm-hmm. Not the queen, though. The queen's going to eat whatever the heck it wants with <laughs> its razor sharp teeth. Wow. Yeah. Is that your only problem with the queen? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I, I like the queen. I like the mm-hmm. concept of the hive mind and the queen. Yeah. I, I liked the. Uh, it's like classic science fiction. It, it really is. Stuff. Yeah. I, I liked how, how the scope of how big the queen was. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was neat how the queen had uh, her own personal shield. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I kind of feel like it. maybe this is more me wanting more de- destruction or whatever, but having her the in the desert kind of felt a little like a wasted opportunity, really. What, what are you going to do, though? Move Area 51? You're going to – you can't have a research and development military base in the middle of San Francisco. Uh, that's true. But find a way to put her in – a city like uh, park the ship in between, but then you'd know. be then you'd be arguing like what was this queen now <laughs> destroying this building for no reason? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's uh, a good point. That's I, fair. That's I liked fair. Uh, with the the fight of the queen. I loved the portion where the ships came together to form a uh, a shield. That was pretty. Queen. cool. I thought that was really neat. That was pretty pretty cool. So um, I I don't know. I liked the queen battle. Mm-hmm. It, sure, it wasn't as big of a scope as maybe you would have liked mr yeah i'm gonna complain about destruction porn and superman <laughs> returns or in superman or man of steel but now i'm, I'm like oh i love destruction porn 
Uh, you know, I mean, I can't really argue uh, argue that point yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, so, that is fair. That is fair. That is fair. I, I I liked the queen, and I and I liked the battle with the queen. I thought that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. It w- it was predictable though. I mean, we have. Uh, I was like, oh, hope is lost. Oh, no, we forgot about these guys that just escaped from the giant alien. Right. They're, he was like, yeah. we know what's about to happen. Yeah, and and that's fine. That, yeah, that sure, in sure. itself is fine because, you know, you go in. It's the same It's the same as, okay, to to <laughs> to make a non-disparaging comparison to Batman v Superman, <laughs> you go in, you know they're going to fight. You know that they're going to be okay at the end. Right. Or they, you know that they're going to reconcile and everything. It's the same thing. You, there's going to be an invasion. The aliens are going to come. You know, humanity's going to be kind of down, but then, you know, something's going to happen to they're, they're going to win. Let's talk about Dr. Oaken for a second, because yes. one of my biggest curiosities going into the movie was like, how is this guy still alive? Right. And I, reading up on it, apparently when they originally filmed, they were supposed to, when the, the Baldwin uh, goes and checks his neck mm-hmm. in the first one, he was supposed to say he's dead, but they never oh, filmed okay. that line. Huh. And I don't know why they decided not to film that line, but hmm. it just didn't, it didn't happen. So it kind of gives you an opportunity to bring Doctor Noken back. Yeah, and I didn't hate the way that he was brought back. Me neither. And it probably had some okay comic relief. I don't think I he I was. Had, I thought it had a lot of good comic relief. Yeah, I didn't think he was as fun as the first one. But no. then again, yeah. he was kind of that character in the first one is so so well done, so well done, and so a product of that plot point because i mean he is he's this scientist who's been like one of the biggest joys i get out of the first one is seeing the interactions between him and pullman in that he is the scientist who's been you know like he says like they don't let us out much right yeah i love that line so great and he's meeting the president you know he's not really contextualizing it with being like oh you know humanity's about to die yeah like the president just found out that aliens are here. I've been working on this thing since, you know, for as long as, you know, since I was out of college or whenever he was hired or on or whatever. And it's just like it's that was one of the big that was one of the big selling points for the mo- for uh, that part in the first movie. And they did some good comic relief with him in this movie, but it just didn't match that energy. And not that it not that it really had a chance to match that energy. It just it felt like it felt cool to see him, but also like, okay, do we yeah. You know, I he, think he isn't I, the standout he, that he yeah, was the first Yeah, but one. he's he's needed back. Maybe he's mm-hmm. not needed back, but right. he, it's it's good to have him back. Yeah, yeah. And he, there's got really good jokes with him for me, um, mm-hmm. especially the the death scene with his friend, where his friend is like, "It was supposed to be a sweater." I was like, yeah, of course that wasn't his line; that was his buddy's line. But mm-hmm. I thought that was good. Um, that was okay. Yeah. And the stuff with the the laser was was good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. Sure. I, I like jo- Doctor Oaken. Uh, for me, it was just a pleasure to see him back, and I was I was curious to see how or why he was back. To be honest, right? So, yeah. No, yeah, and I liked how he made sure his hair was still there when he woke up from his coma. So. Yeah, that was good. The one good. Uh, little nitpicky gripe again I'll, <laughs> I have on Doctor Oaken is he's been in a coma for twenty years. And then when they're talking about RFI signals, he goes, every, every piece of technology has an RFI signal. That phone <laughs> that you keep everywhere you go. is like, you don't know how wow. important phones are in our society, Dr. I Oaken. I did not You've even been asleep for 20 that. years. You do not know what our phones can do. <laughs> Dr. Oaken. Oh, that is great. So it, Man, that would have been such a wasted opportunity. Like, uh, like he could have said, like, uh, like, oh, every everything has a phone, has an RF signal. Your car phone has an RF right, signal. Yeah, that would have been, been so cool. Yeah. 
But, but apparently yeah. Dr. Oaken just knows that we all have <laughs> right. iPhones now. Yeah. Uh, so, again, a little, little sure. nitpicky about that, but sure. you know, t- whatever. Like I said, I could I could sit there and drill holes in the, in the plot yeah, all day yeah. long. What, but in the end, I, I you know I had fun with it. Sure, yeah, I can do the same, but I didn't have as much fun. Uh, fair. <laughs> so I won't. Um, what did you think? And this can kind of be our kind of wrap up for it. What did you think of Bill Pullman's arc and the way he was handled at the end? I his arc, I thought, especially the starting point of Bill Pullman, I loved. I, I love mm-hmm. the effects of the alien residual effect or whatever yeah. they call it in the movie. I, I love how it affects him now, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I liked how, you know, he's kind of a crazy guy, but, you know, it's because of the effects of what happened to him. And now he has this intimate knowledge about mm-hmm. what, what is to come as well. Right. So I, I like that aspect of it. I love... Or maybe not love. I like mm-hmm. how he's the one that's going to drive uh, the payload into mm-hmm. the the mothership. What I thought was unnecessary was the little back and forth he did with his daughter about. Yeah, like, that, that was unnecessary. Yeah, it's like let your let your dad do it. Right. Okay. It was in. <laughs> they yeah. had to just like oh, I'm sorry. Like his his aide had to be the one to like. Right. I need to talk to you back here for a second. <laughs> Go, President Whitmore. <laughs> that, that was silly. Okay. Yeah. Just, that, it that was an unnecessary portion of it. Daughter should just come to grips with the fact mm-hmm. and then get into the plane and help protect him right. for the payload. I liked that that he she assisted him and everything. I thought that his, I don't know. I thought that his send off his death scene was a little. Uh, what's oh, uh, I, I thought it was uh, not. I wouldn't go so far as to say unceremonious because it was set up well. It was built up and everything. It just felt like it was no um bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So I, I get that, yeah. but I, it was it was satisfying to me. Okay. Um, and I, I, I'm glad it wasn't the end all. You mm-hmm. know, I'm glad that you know the queen survived that attack. Sure, and I think part of me, part of my. Uh, resistance to that is that maybe that's part of it is that, that like, it didn't end it kind of felt like okay well you know he did you know that wasn't the end game that was right, like, yeah. kind of not worthless but it was kind of like okay who's the real hero here <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it does occur to me too that uh, in the time of our technology and what they've developed with theirs they probably could have had a drone do that <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah although Maybe there's oh maybe I'm giving way too much credit but maybe you know um after the after the war of 1996 um uh uh or intergalactic battle they, throwdown right the star spangled battle yep. um after that Copyright they did say right <laughs> after that they did say that there was a there was a long like 20 years of you know world peace basically so maybe they didn't need to Maybe they didn't need. They drone would still technology. develop that yeah. kind of technology though, because yeah, they developed. Now that I said Earth it out loud, defense, yeah, you know, they would. They would. Develop that's true. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't yeah. be an idiot, Matt. I can see them saying like, "Okay, well, yeah, Randy Quaid went in, you know, kamikaze himself. Right. It's like we we might we we might yeah. have this technology. Maybe we point. should do a remote control thing, or maybe we should find some more Randy Quaids." Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Randy Quaid, given his personal state right now, probably still thinks he did that, right? <laughs> Seriously, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Is there are there any uh, any other things that we should talk about? There's the, some the other moon, things. The, the moon portion of it, mm-hmm. uh, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, 
the destruction on the moon. Uh, not yeah. necessarily the the one shot your dead moon base, mm-hmm. but them picking up the uh, I guess the the alien orb technology. They, uh-huh. they, they, I think they called it like the spear or something for something. In the credits. But I, I I like the destruction on the moon with that with them trying to get out, and also like. Yeah. The fact that they have a debris field from the original mothership. That, was, that cool. was fun. I that, that was, was that really was cool. a good that was a nice touch. Yeah, I agree. Um Yeah. And so kind what, of one confusing uh-huh. thing to me though, um when the uh the sphere technology comes and they say mm-hmm. you see the wormhole and it's mm-hmm. kind of doing the distortion of gravity, they see the same distortion of gravity over on the Saturn moon. Mm-hmm. I assume that's a wormhole created by the bad aliens, the mothership thing, the, and the, then the they and colony they ship? destroys the the uh, the base on Saturn's Europa. Moon. Yeah, I, I think that's what they were getting. I think at. that I think that is I think okay. that's spot on. Right. That's what I gathered from it. Okay. Um. Yeah, they didn't really seem that upset about losing an entire. Well, I, I, think moon it was base. Un, I think it was unmanned. Oh, okay. Um, so that's where all the drones are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how that. Uh, that sphere had zero, zero faith, and I was like, "Look, right. th- this is the shit to get some of you guys <laughs> off of this." All right? right, the rest of you are screwed. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was, uh, like, it was humbling. Not, did you not see the world ninety six <laughs> right. sphere? You can handle this. <laughs> That's true. Um, with with uh, regarding Pullman and, and President Whitmore, uh, <laughs> I did like the scene where he goes up. And he like at the state. I think it was the State of the Union or the address for. It was the ceremony. The ceremony. Ceremony. Yeah. yeah. Um. I love that he came up and like he's like he's, you know, warning everyone. I was just thinking like, think about like okay, say you know, say Obama is at the podium and he's talking about something, and then suddenly, George W. Bush comes up and is like, hey guys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to prepare or whatever. Um. I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing. I like Robert Loja. Mm-hmm. Being there for a split second, yeah, you know, before his passing, but right, so that was that was neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He passed away, didn't he? He did. Wow. Huh. I always, I always think back to the uh, Family Guy. Family Guy. Yes. Loja. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's his yeah. legacy. Oh, um, <laughs> Robert Loja. <laughs> oh, I am right. Robert Loja. Oh, as in, oh my, oh my God, God, it's, it's Robert, Robert Loja. <laughs> so funny okay so i mean i guess that can basically bring us to the end of our review i want to mention though to you fecus um do you think that okay so so will smith we we talked about it before and then i kind of pushed it aside but will smith not being in it hurt the hurt the box box office office return i i don't think it hurt the film itself okay personally and so, as you mentioned, like they had the they had the task of bringing in a new generation of an audience into this into this franchise, and also appealing to the like us who grew up watching it. Do you think that the difference between I think the more direct comparison would be Jurassic World and this? Do you think that this movie would have benefited from a Chris Pratt like presence, like because Liam Hemsworth? I don't think he can. He's, he's not. A, he's not. He, he's not a leading man yeah. yet. I mean, he might be there one day. Right. I, I don't know. But he, he, I think it would have. Mm-hmm. I think if you would have had a bigger named actor take charge of one of these roles, I think you probably would have brought some more box office return. Right. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. You had a lot of. Uh, B list people. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know what? They have to spend their money one some places, and they have to yeah. be frugal others. So, yep. 
you know, and, it, uh, I think it suffered for it uh, in the box office, but and it was also released a week before Independence Day. Well, here's here's my so, here's yeah, my theory your, on that. Yeah. Um. So Independence Day is a, is a holiday, obviously. Probably not the biggest movie going holiday. So if you release sure. it on Independence Day, you're, you're not going to get there. You're probably not expecting to get the draw to the movies of a normal summer weekend. Sure. So I, I could see them thinking, okay, we'll we'll release it a week prior. Mm-hmm. We'll get the big, uh, we'll get the big audience for the the first weekend, mm-hmm. and then the nostalgic sake, right. we'll probably get some more people to go mm-hmm. see it on the Fourth of July because it is Independence Day too. Sure. So I, I kind. I'm not saying that's what their thought process was, but if that mm. were, I could see that making sense. That does make sense. That that does make sense, and I'm sure they were banking on you know word of mouth and right. stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Lasting um, thoughts, though, I will say mm. this with because uh, the end of the movie kind of jumps like, "Hey, look, this sphere technology wants yeah. us to lead the resistance." I'm, they were a bit I'm cocky. Good. I am. I am for that. I want to see humanity jump into the intergalactic war for this. Do you think that that would fit in this in this universe? This the, the judging from the first two, the first two movies. I think you... it makes it a completely different film than any of the other two. Yeah. Uh, you know, now you're talking about space opera, right? Yeah. So, but I'm down. I, I want to see that. Interesting. I would you want to see Roland Emmerich tackle it? No, but who else is going <laughs> to do it? Well. If you're talking about interstellar travel, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to. Anyway, um, yeah, that'll do it for this review. <laughs> um, maybe I'll revisit it. I, I mean, you know, talking it out has made me appreciate it a little bit more. But I, I still, I still just was left not really feeling like it was anything too impressive for me. So, yeah. So we'll see if I revisit it eventually, but, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I was really disappointed by it. I was just kind of unaffected by it. I was kind of, kind of just bored by it. Really? I left the theater with a giant smile on my face. I enjoyed it. So that's fair. All right, so that's our review of Independence Day Resurgence, and uh, we're going to switch over to Potpourri, which is, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, Potpourri is the section of the podcast where we talk about whatever we want, as long as it smells good, uh, basically anything we've watched, anything we're looking forward to, um, anything of that nature related to the movie and TV um, subject, really, that is the premise of the entire podcast. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Fekas, I have a couple things. Um, would you mind if you have one thing? Yeah, I have the one thing. Okay, so I'll do one, you do one, and then I'll round us out for that one. That sounds perfect. Okay, so um, this is more anecdotal than anything, but um, I turned 30 on Sunday. Happy and birthday, by the thank way. You, thank you, thank you. I was, you know, fishing for that. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe I posted on your Facebook wall. You did, you did. A nice yes. shirtless photo of Ron Jeremy. Yes, you did. That was very. That You're was welcome. I didn't say thank you, but um, <laughs> no, that was very nice. But or it was um, foot in my mouth. Um, <laughs> it was something. But uh, so anyway, so uh, if you heard the podcast, like I think it was a year and a half ago when I moved into my apartment. I, I, I kind of put my foot in my mouth on the podcast saying that like, you know, I, I, uh, I, I broke in my new apartment with, by watching, um, Shawshank Redemption. And that was kind of a, <laughs> that was kind of a weird thing. Cause it, you know, it's about a guy who's in prison for, you know, 
several decades and then broke free. And it's like, now I have my own apartment after living with my parents for like, you know, I broke free. So, um, before I turned 30, like the night before I turned 30, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to watch a movie. Um, <laughs> uh, to round out my twenties, wild animal. Oh my god, yeah. So yeah. Um, which also it's funny because then on my actual birthday, I went to my sister's and um her little uh son Gavin, my nephew. Uh, did you see my Facebook? I post? did. Yeah, you're forty. He, yeah, he's like, he's like Matt, you're forty, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm thirty. And he's like, no, you're forty, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Santa Claus isn't real. Um, I didn't really say that to him. I'm saving that for his fifth birthday. It's a good idea. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, to commemorate my my turning thirty, I spent twenty minutes looking for a movie to watch. <laughs> it's got to be special. Yeah, that, special. that I felt would be kind of special. And uh, I finally was like, you know what? I'm gonna just take a bunch of movies off my shelf. I'm gonna put them on put them on like my uh, counter, and it's gonna be like all like the movies that I love from like my childhood and everything. And I'm gonna pick one. So I watched Jurassic Park. Good choice. Great choice. Holds up really well. It wasn't until about like maybe two uh, uh, three quarters through the, through the way through it, I was like. I didn't really, I didn't really think this, but like, I thought it was kind of funny that as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is a dream about a guy whose, whose sole hope and dream in his life is dying before him. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a nice way to usher good, in my thirties. Uh, <laughs> good, uh, you know, parallel there. Yeah. Nice, nice read on it. <laughs> so I thought that was, that was my anecdote for me turning 30 and, and, uh, and watching, watching a movie that, threw me into an existential crisis for a couple <laughs> hours. Five minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, Fekas, what do you have for Potpourri? <laughs> well, uh, this past week, uh, I went to go see The Lobster up nice. at Keystone. And anyone that doesn't know, it's, it's an independent film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a man who uh, recently had his wife leave him. And mm-hmm. in this kind of dystopic universe, you have to be paired with somebody. Mm-hmm. You have to have a companion. And he has to go to this resort where he has 30 days to, or is it 45? Maybe it's 45 days. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it yet. It's either 30 or 45 days to find a companion. And if he doesn't find one, they turn him into an animal of his choice. Mm -hmm. And his choice is a lobster because in... Uh, his reasoning in the movie is because they live a long time and can fornicate for uh, as long as they're alive. Male lobsters can. So... It has Colin Farrell in it, and I, I like Colin Farrell, and the the subject matter was unique enough I thought it would be really a, a fun little black comedy mm-hmm. or dark comedy, and I, I just could not get into it. Really? Oh, that's I, a shame. I was very disappointed in it, and it, it might be – it's got rave reviews too. Right. But part of it is it felt like – like I'm not a Wes Anderson film, and this mm-hmm. felt like a, a, an uber Wes Anderson yeah. film. So okay. – and – like the interactions with the characters, there's a couple good funny moments that had me chuckling. And I, I go through the movie and at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, I see what you're saying. I just, okay. It's not very funny to me. Oh, that's too bad. But that's just me. A lot of people were raving about it. Uh, Rachel wise is in it and I love Rachel wise. Mm -hmm. And for the, for what she does, she does a good job. And Colin Farrell does a good job too. It's just, I just, I couldn't get into the movie. And it's funny Walking out of it, my wife Cassie is kind of like, I don't know how I feel about it. Hmm. Halfway 
between the theater and home, she's like, you know, I don't think I liked it. Mm-hmm. The next day, I'm at work and I get this text, and she goes, I, I think I changed my mind. I think I liked <laughs> it, and I'm like, are you sure? Interesting. It, it, I think the way she put it was like, this is my final answer. I liked it, <laughs> and I'm like, and she goes, I may, I may not some other time. And I'm like, well, then it's not your final answer. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. I, I see what they were trying to say, and I get how they were trying to be quirky about it. Mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't get behind it. Do you think that you will flip flop? No, no, opinion? I don't. I, okay. It, I think it's it's just too much like Wes Anderson film mm-hmm. for me, and I just, I don't get into that kind of filmmaking. That's understandable. Yeah, yeah. it's a style thing. It, it is very much a style thing, and I don't know. This might be a little little crass, but mm-hmm. it, I felt like the interaction of the characters. I was watching everyone was suffering from Asperger's syndrome. Oh, really? Yeah, and huh. uh, it just. Like I said, there's there's a few funny moments in it, good couple funny lines, but for the most part, I just it did not hold my interest. Yeah. That's a bummer. I've I've been really uh, pretty eager to see this movie. It, it might, um, yeah, yeah, you might love it. I might, I might. Uh, I don't know if I'll make it to the theater to see it. I haven't been to Keystone Art in a long time, and I ever since I got Movie Pass, I haven't been able to. Oh it yeah, yeah. It doesn't qualify for that, but. Um, I love that theater so much. Though. It is a great theater. It's such a great theater. There is a preview for a movie coming out though that I saw there that I'm really excited about. Uh, oh, Mr. Yeah. Fantastic, or is it Mr. Captain Captain Fantastic? Vigo uh, Mortensen's in it. I don't think I've heard of this. Oh, it, it looks really good. He plays nice. him and his wife and his kids live out in the middle of like the woods. One of those kind of guys that are like uh, distance himself from like modern society. Sure. So he's raising his children on. You know, in the woods, on the land, wife has to go for a medical procedure, ends up dying, and so he has to bring oh. the family back for the funeral. And the grandparents are trying to get custody of the children. It looks like a really kind of like a whimsical, kind mm-hmm. of fun, fun movie with the you know serious undertones. But it, it, yeah. I, it's Captain Fantastic, Captain Fantastic, yeah, it, yeah. I, I'm curious to see that. I think it looks really good. Interesting. That sounds yeah. that sounds very very interesting. I'll have to check that out. And I, uh, Viggo Mortensen is one of those guys that he just he he's very selective about what he does, yeah. and for good reason because I usually really enjoy mm-hmm. his movies. Oh and, yeah, totally. Oh, it's also got George McKay, who was in uh, I believe he was in Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Yeah, he was he was a character in Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Um, I wasn't too crazy about his performance in that, no. but uh, but anyway, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, nice. Um, okay, so I'll go ahead and round us out with uh, my final potpourri, which is something. It's funny because I had this primed for this episode, thinking that Tiny would be here because we already talked about it a little bit. But I saw Central Intelligence. Curious. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, I I liked. I thought that the chemistry between The Rock and Kevin Hart was was on point. I thought that they had really good chemistry. I like The Rock as an actor. I like The Rock as a comedic actor. I like The Rock as a human being. Oh yeah, he's an oh, amazing yeah. guy. Oh yeah, and I want to like Kevin Hart so much. I, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just he hasn't. I think I said this to you in a text, but it, he hasn't risen, or he hasn't really. Um, uh, reached a point he hasn't really lived up to the the that one scene he was in in right. the 40 year old version and we talked about that yeah. too because yeah. I, I love that scene 40 year old version so great but so great there's been nothing i've seen with him that i've i enjoyed yeah he has a, a like a stand-up like concert film uh coming up in october i think um yeah, and I kind of want to see that because I don't. I've never seen any of his stand up. Um, I know some of it's on it's Netflix. A, it's so. amusing. Is uh, it? Yeah, it's better than his films. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's not really saying much. I haven't really sought out much of his movies, really. I've just heard reputation wise. Yeah. Um, like the one he did with uh, Will Ferrell recently. Um, oh, uh, hard. Um, get hard. Get hard. Get yeah. hard. I didn't see it. It's hard. actually I, I recorded it on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't watched it yet, but maybe yeah, I, hoping Will Ferrell can save him in that one. But I doubt. I haven't heard great things about it. Right. Neither have I. And this is kind of. I mean, it, I don't know. So, so anyway, Central Intelligence. It's I, I like the chemistry that they have. The The Rock and Kevin Hart. It has a there, it, there's a nice setup. It's a unique dynamic, and they have good on screen chemistry. But the script was just not there for them. Like yeah. the humor didn't really land with me in a lot of places. Um, the kind of, the plot elements I didn't really care about the mystery at the center of it because it's about um, uh, to to put it in simple terms. Basically, The Rock is a CIA agent and he needs Kevin Hart, who he went to high school with, to crack um a, a web of of financial transactions or something because kevin hart's an accountant so in the movie kevin hart in high school he was like he was like like the track star the the homecoming king he was like everyone he was like he was like the most well-liked to much comedic effect like the the principal like introduces him at like an assembly or uh, something um, in front of the whole like senior class saying like I love this kid he's the best thing that's ever happened to <laughs> happen to my life and it, like he's it's really playing up that and to contrast that uh, the rock was this like really like really heavy kid who was picked on a lot and there's a big scene where he's uh, he's he's bullied and that carries through like his arc throughout the rest right. of the movie and it's it's an interesting setup and an interesting dynamic because the rock is this like, obviously he's the rock now. So there's this big change and it's like on the eve of their 20, 20 year high school reunion. And this is when they're first meeting up again. And it's, it's this weird thing about the rocks characters. He's, he's this really quirky, like almost emotionally unstable guy who has these, um, flashes to his bullied days and everything. Um, and he has this kind of running, running gag where it's like, he doesn't like bullies. So like he, like a guy in a bar kind of gives Kevin Hart some, some, some crap. And then the rock just beats the hell out of him and his whole group. So it's, there's some interesting elements to it. So it's not like, it's not like the rock is just like, Oh, super CIA guy. Right. And Kevin Hart's like the, the, uh, the normal or like the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, fish out of water. Yeah, the fish out of water kind of uh, straight man of the of the thing, of of the dynamic. It's like, it's like the Rock is this emotionally unstable guy who is super psyched to be hanging out with the the coolest kid in school twenty <laughs> years after graduating high school. See, the concept sounds fun, and that is really and yeah, and that's really cool, and that's a, that's a really strong setup. But the script didn't do much to it, didn't do much for it, and there was a lot of just. Um, gags that just fell flat and just didn't really do it for me. That's a shame. Yeah, and there were a couple things. Like one, this isn't necessarily a. Um, this, it's so dumb. It's I don't know if this is a direct reference to Archer, but there is like a gag that um happens that Kevin Hart uh is trying to contact uh The Rock. And it's like a gag that's right out, like a running gag in all of Archer, all like six or seven oh, seasons yeah. of Archer. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie! That's that gag, like the Lana. Lana. No, 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 okay. no. It's the it's the voicemail gag. 
basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It's like they do that. And it's like, are they doing that? Because it's funny in Archer. Like, I don't like it's very close to I don't know. It, that's a nitpick and everything. But there was another thing that's like it's like there's there's a character who um uh who's played by an actor who um I don't want to give it away, but he he's played by an actor who has certain t- things in his career that he can be identified from. Like he's he's not typecast as as a certain thing, but he has like the biggest role of his career is like the the role that defined his career is not in central intelligence, obviously. <laughs> it's from uh from the recent present. But uh he says a line that's like that's from that thing that he's in. I'm being very vague and it's very confusing. But he basically says a catchphrase from another movie or another show that he's in and it's like it's like okay, the only reason like there's no reason. Right, it's yeah. it's really just one gimmick joke. Yeah, it's super gimmicky and it's really awkward. Um yeah, and and as soon as we see like as soon as we as soon as we see a bit of his backstory, a bit of, of the rock's backstory and everything, it's like it telegraphs the whole plot really. Yeah. Um, because that actor is so recognizable, it's like, okay, well the way that they're showing this actor, this actor, this is kind of getting into spoilers, but the way that they're showing this actor is like, okay, well there's no way that that's the only way that we're going to see the actor. Cause it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So I don't know. So it didn't really do much for me. Mm. And I still kind of hold out hope that Kevin Hart will, Maybe do something that I'll. He would really have to do something huge for me to mm-hmm. turn my opinion of him. Like I, I'm, I'm sure he's a great guy. I mm-hmm. just don't care for his stuff. Yeah, right along. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. I've never really seen any of his movies. I've, I've, I just know that they're not really something that I would go for. Yeah. Like he's like as much as I want to like him. I don't want to like him enough to go see a movie that he's yeah, in right, yeah. until like several weeks after it's been in a the theater. That's, a, that's an hour and a half of time you don't want exactly. to listen to something that oh, yeah. you're going to forget. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, that was my experience with uh, Central Intelligence. Next week on the podcast, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I think me and Tony are going to do a bonus episode of uh, Game of Thrones Season 6. So, <sighs> fact is, if you want to be on that, you can. Um, we might record on like Thursday. Uh, next Thursday? This week. Oh, like day after tomorrow yeah oh, yeah no, I, I gotta work okay damn um but it all depends on whether he sees it or not so i'll keep you in the loop because we might record it next week has but he not anyway. seen it yet he he how said can he get away how, i know how, was, how can it be on the internet right i i have no idea he was like he was like i still haven't seen it yet but if i watch it tonight we can record how, thursday no i'm like how like i the internet blew up yeah how, how oh yeah he, oh yeah how does it, he function right i was just like i I stayed up until like like past my bedtime on like before I had to go like the Monday morning um I had to go into work to do actual work yeah. uh, like a real job like I stayed up late just to see it so I wouldn't get spoiled. You could have um, some guy just in passing say something like yeah, exactly. flipping her marble go I can't believe this and this happened You're like I haven't seen Oh yeah. It. Oh yeah. And I work in an office now so it's like like that's something legit- I need to be conscious legit of. Legit water cooler moments. Oh yeah, exactly. Like I was walking out of the building with my former coworker Alex, and I was talking to her. I was like, "Yeah, Game of Thrones, that was amazing, right?" And then she's like, "Yeah, totally." And then she's like, "I don't know if I liked it as much as Battle of the Bastards, because um, we watched both before uh, before uh, together when we watched the finale." And then like as we're leaving, like like just some random woman in the building like left and was like, "Oh, uh, Battle of the Bastards was better, or, or the finale was better, or something like that." So she knew exactly what we were talking about. Yeah, like, this is. 
you can't just tiny, miss it. Man. Come on, tiny. Yeah, get on the, the time boat. of this recording. This is what Tuesday, Wednesday. This is Tuesday. This is Tuesday. Oh, this is Tuesday. Tuesday. Only Tuesday. Only and Tuesday. Time. It's been a oh, year. I'm just talking about work. I'm oh. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that'll do it for this week of the this week of the Obsessive Euro podcast. I got something in my eye. Thank you, Fekus, for <laughs> filling in for Tiny and Thank being a guest. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And we'll have to have you back soon for something. I don't know. Is there anything on the radar that, you, uh, that you'd that you want to come back for? To uh, suicide Squad, maybe? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll pencil, pencil you in. Um, that, yeah. Oh, Ghostbusters also. No. Are you, are you not going to see it? I, I don't know. You're I, a misogynist? That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. You know, I had this discussion over the weekend with somebody, and it's not the fact that they're all girls. It's the mm-hmm. fact that it looks like Melissa McCarthy's Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Sure. I couldn't be less enthused about the uh, mm-hmm. Every preview I've seen, it looks god-awful. Yeah, I will say the thing that I am most intrigued about is I think the special effects look cool. Yeah, and they it, do. Yeah. They do look good. Um, but that's not going to save the Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters <laughs> right. original movie, the special effects are god awful. But man, is it a good movie! Mm-hmm. And I, I also had this other discussion because there's, you know, similar topics. Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven's kind of getting a female all cast reboot. Oh yeah, and the people they've cast so far, I'm into it, mm-hmm. and I'm so terrified that they could be like, oh, and now Miss L- Melissa McCarthy's, on oh, it. and then yeah. I'm, they're like, nope, I'm done. Ugh. Sorry. So I'm not a misogynist. I just dislike <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. You're a you're a you're a Melissa I'm a Melissa Ma- McCarthy McCarthyist. You're a McCarthyist. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so on that note, we're gonna end this episode. Uh, thanks again for listening, for everyone listening, and Fergus, thanks for joining me. And uh, yeah, have a good and safe Fourth of July. So that'll timestamp this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Don't blow your hand off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and see you next week. Off topic, have you ever (laughs) – did you know that um, for recruits for NASA scientists, they show them a viewing of Armageddon, and they have to – after the movie, they have to write down all the inaccuracies. Really? And it's like an ongoing contest for, for new recruits into NASA. That's so awesome. Yeah, I, that, Did, just, that makes me laugh. That's so great. There was a, there was a thing uh, that was tweeted. It was just a clip from Armageddon. That was the, that was the audio of Ben Affleck's um, uh, his, his uh, commentary track on it. <laughs> and it is like, it makes me want to go find that and watch the commentary because it isn't, it's hilarious. Isn't he like asking like <laughs> Michael Bay is like, when to make yes. more sense? And he's like, shut the f- yeah. up. He's like, shut up, shut up, Ben, shut up, just <laughs> shut up. And like, he's talking about, he's just basically ripping apart the entire plot. He's saying like, um, so could, saying like yeah, easier to have... teach astronauts to drill than it would be to teach these <laughs> drill people how to astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it can't be that hard you just find a place put it in the ground and then press on and drill <laughs> no be bruce willis oh, so great but yeah so so roland emmerich thank you for listening to the obsessive viewer presented by obsessiveviewer.com you can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com and you can subscribe to the show on itunes stitcher or your preferred podcast app the Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. 
any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at Matt, Tiny, or Mike at ObsessiveViewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at ObsessiveViewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer and follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, ObsessiveBookNerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.